This is the Power Power Podcast. My name is Sarah of Underground Crowds. We hit Bible topics, smash book studies, punch out some songs here and there, and light up his word to strengthen our souls. Thanks for listening. Okay, let's uh, pray and we'll keep going with our Life of Abraham study. Dear Lord, I pray that you just help us get through this lesson, this instruction that you have for us. Help us to be patient with your calling and your promise and how you work that out. Because it really is your business. It's not our business. And you're doing a lot more behind the scenes than we could ever imagine. We ask this in your name. Amen. So if you remember last week, I reference this verse in Matthew 8, Matthew 8, 11. I say to you that many will come from east and west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the kingdom of heaven. It's a reminder to me today that not Abraham has yet to have all of his promises fulfilled. That's crazy. And when I get impatient about God's God fulfilling his promises in my life, I find great comfort in that. It hasn't yet been done. We have not sat at the, the feast in heaven. The great feast has not taken place. We have not come from all walks of life to sit with Abraham. It hasn't been done yet. And this is Abraham, our patriarch. If he is still waiting, albeit in heaven, for the completion of his promises, it really drives home this aspect of patience when it comes to waiting upon God. Whether it take all my whole life, whether it happens tomorrow. Whatever the case may be, it's God oh it's God's overarching plan that rules the day. So let's continue reading. We're in um of Genesis twelve. We're gonna start here. Last week we ended where Abraham is like thinking this whole this gig is awesome. I'm just going to stay up here on these mountaintops, and this is how it's going to be, yo. And he found out that God intended to send him into a valley and a desert of testing. And when it starts off with God being silent, when Abraham set up this superfluous altar, um, so it would seem, and calls out upon on God, calls out on God, he doesn't answer. And so Abraham takes it upon himself to do the next thing. What was the next thing? Panic. Like so many of us. There's famine. Gotta go to Egypt. And then, like so many of us, there is a problem. Or there is a problem that we are perceiving. Um, I get these notices from John Piper. And... Um, He's using the scripture for a little bit about anxiety 
and um, our need, our innate need to have the dots and the ducks and the money and the answers and blah, 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 blah. Um, figured out before, in a lot of cases is me, before we move forward. Because it's just too scary to move forward without our questions answered. This is Sarah to a T. I want my questions answered before I walk. How do I know I'm not going to be swallowed up? Well, here are some promises, and Piper lays this out clearly. There are seven promises, seven reasons not to worry. Tell the worriers inside our heads to be quiet, quiet. Um, this is part, I need to go back. I need to go back. He gives us seven reasons, but I was at part three. I'm not going to go through all of them, but the scripture that he is using for these, um, for devotionals is this, Matthew 6, 25 through 26. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink nor about your body, what you will put on, nor about your body. Let's put on the brakes right there. This is exactly what Abraham was worried about. He thought he made it all up, yo. They were going to kill him because of his beautiful wife. He was right. She was beautiful. They did notice, and they did do something about it. He didn't make this up. He must have had a history of this or something. And... So he, he, out of fear of the what if, do we have a fear of the what ifs? I've got a fear of the what ifs. Sometimes the what if, the maybes, this might. And oftentimes the worst ones are informed by our past. Because we've been here before. This isn't the first time men have been looking at his wife. It, he was informed by his past. How many of us got fears informed by our past, whether it be through trauma we've experienced, bullying, what have you, that that informed my present relationships for years. My past bullying and um, the trauma that related to that informed all future relationships for years, right through high school. I was not approachable. I was not dateable. I was not, I was super weird. I must have been super weird. I mean, there's no getting around it. Like, what is her problem weird? Not open at all. Totally afraid. I had, I had let the trauma inform everything I did. It was like, it was like the school that I graduated from. And the thing is, we graduate from that school, but we fail at life because we cannot move on from it. It's not the school we want to brag about. It's not the school we, we, we think that maybe it was something we should hold on to so that we could avoid it. The, the the hardness that we acquired, 
the, the ultra discernment, the cynicism, whatever it is that we, we adopted from that school, except that it, it doesn't help us. So I don't know, maybe some of you are in, in high school, starting high school or um, starting a new school. You graduated from the old one. Some things have happened. Trauma. You can either let the trauma dictate the relationships that you have in front of you that God wants you to have and make the rules for all the relationships or you let or you can let God make the rules for the relationships in front of you because one of the two is going to make the rules for the relationships in front of you and the trauma of school it's not going to make good ones So we see what happens. Please say, we're in verse 13. Please say chapter 12, Genesis. Please say that you are my sister so that it will go well with me. Because of you, because of you. And that I may live on account of you assumed, presumed. It came about when Abram came to Egypt, the Egyptians saw that the woman was very beautiful. Facts. He had this right. Maybe, and this is rampant now, maybe there's a disability. Maybe you struggle. Maybe you're on the autism spectrum. Maybe you've got a learning disability. Maybe there's, there's, there's something about you Maybe you, you feel you're, you're too short, you're too tall, you're too skinny, you're too this, you're too that, you're too... Maybe there is something about you that is a fact in a world that doesn't like facts that you feel is a fact. Regardless of whether or not I would say that's a fact, you... You took you from the last school to this school and you're not going to answer to somebody who's like, oh, no, 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 no. You're not that. Well, that's interesting because they all made fun of that. Okay? I just got labeled lazy with my ADHD for the last three years. So I'm not much in a sphere of concern over whether or not you think so. Because I'm living it. Abraham was living it. He saw all the guys staring at his wife. Oh, no, 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 Abraham. She's not that beautiful. They're not going to kill you. That's interesting. That's a good perspective. I've lived it. Okay? So back off, bucko. Sometimes the well-meaning, even Christians in our life, who tell us the opposite of the truth, bordering on lies, are not helpful. When you have a disability and you have been di diagnosed as a, as a disability, it is not helpful to ignore it. Let that be a lesson to all of us who are well-meaning. We don't want to see somebody dragged down by their diagnosis 
We don't want to see that happen for sure, but the answer is not lie to him. Oh, no, no, no. Let's not be the youth leaders of oh, no, no, no. Not true. When it is, in fact, true, and everybody in my last school knows it. And I got to take this same person to the next school. It might be a fact. Are you going to let the trauma inform you? Are you going to let God's promises inform you? Are you going to go for, I'm going to tell you the school of trauma is not the school to drag around that diploma from because the plans will fail as we see with Abraham. The perspective will be skewed because it isn't what God's perspective and the truth that you rely on has more to do with protecting yourself than it does bringing honor and glory to God who made you just the way you are. Abraham relied on his own perspective. Abraham was informed by fear. Abraham came up with his own, own godless plan and Abraham's perspective was skewed. It might be that you have ADD. And now you need to not look on it through the eyes of trauma. You need to look on it with God's eyes. And he has this available to you in his word. His promises for you that what? And we're going to read through some of these seven reasons not to worry. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Did I tell you this was Matthew 6, 25 through 26? Because I know I didn't look, read through the whole thing. Do not be anxious about your life. We need this, teenagers. We got to face kids. Not very nice. Kids aren't very nice. Yeah, this is no news. I'm not. This, when I, when my parents, Kids aren't nice. They have no filter. Like, where's the filter? You don't talk to people this way. They're like social media trolls. Every single one of them. Hormones raising, raging. It's like going to school with social media trolls. It's really what it is. Incredible. And they all got you surmised-sized... And presumed upon. Everybody just shoved into their category the minute they step on campus. It's ridiculous. And if you don't know that it's ridiculous, if you're letting your trauma inform you, and not God, whose hands are on you, who made you, who loves you, who will never leave you, Piper says this, since your body and your life are vastly more complex and difficult to, to provide than food and clothing are, and yet God has in fact created and provided you with both, then he surely will be able and willing to provide you with food and clothing. Moreover, no matter what happens, God will raise your body someday and preserve your life and body for his eternal fellowship. 
Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more of value? And yes, we can take this to mean, and, and listen closely, that when I struggle, and when the when the heat comes on, and when I when I feel the stairs, and when I and I understand that I'm under a microscope at that moment, will he be available? Will he? We need to know, teenagers. Will he? And your parents who are sending their teenagers out to the pool of trolls. Will he be available when I call on? Will he be able to feed me in a time of struggle his promises? Well, your responsibility is to know what those promises are. But the answer is yes. Can he? Will he? Remember last week's podcast was look, look. Too many of us informed by our trauma are not looking. We've already decided how we're going to battle this. We're going to shut down, shut off, stick to the wall. Wallflower for life, that's my club. God is willing and able to feed such insignificant creatures as birds who cannot do anything to bring their food into being as you can by farming. Then he will certainly provide what you need. Because you are worth a lot more than birds. You, unlike the birds, have the amazing capacity to glorify God by trusting, obeying, and thanking God. Promise three. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? This If I had known how much less time I would have wasted worrying about what people were thinking, because I'm here now to tell you they're not thinking at all about you. Now, I know that's easy to say from 45 years. But if it had dawned upon me that these teenagers that I was with were going through the same struggles, they had, some of them had home lives that were awful, they had hormones that were raging, they had things on their plate I didn't know anything about. They struggled through a day just like I struggled through a day. They got up when they didn't want to get up every day. I had to drive a half hour to school. Uphill both ways. I'm just kidding. Then it's really humbling to reflect 
upon the fact that I, I'm not alone. I may feel at times outed. I may feel at times exposed. But I don't need to be anxious. Because I'm not alone. I am not, and I, I, I'm, I have to tell my son this all the time, you're not so different. You're not the same. But you're not so different that God doesn't have a plan for you. And what, what is that? There's no, what is that? We may feel, what is that? about ourselves. Like, where did I come from? What happened? I feel like such a fluke, freak of nature. What is going on? Well, it's revelatory, I'm too self-consumed, A. And B, I'm just not so different, so out there, that God doesn't have a plan for me specifically for me. And I know you, it bears repeating because I have to repeat it. It is not easy to go through life with a disability. And when, when you dwell on the disability, it can seem like there's no way around it. If God does have a plan for me, it's subpar. No. No. He has good plans for you. Plans to prosper you. He loves to bless his children. He cares, and these verses are talking, cares, talking about this, about every detail of your life. It's talking about feeding birds. I forgot about the birds this morning. I did not look out my window and count the birds. I must confess. I didn't do it. God did. You don't think? He's got your details figured out. Don't let trauma, the school of trauma, inform you about those details. Let God inform you. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, he's, yes, this has, it sounds like this ha, mostly has to do with daily provision, but this can also be applied to clothing us with his promises when we need them. 
sheltering us in his presence when we need him right now. This just happened. I am afraid this person is going to send that all over the internet. This is real. God, if you are not here, I'm in trouble. God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown in the oven. Will he not much more clothe you? Don't let trauma clothe you. With the face down and the bad outlook like Abraham. Doom and gloom. This is it. This is how we balance. We harden ourselves. We lower ourselves. We think of ourselves as less. This is the this is how I rank. Basically, Abraham was saying, this is how I rank compared to you, Sarah. They're going to kill me and spare you. What an awful outlook. Awful outlook. All based on lies. On appearances. This is familiar, right? Is this not familiar? Superficial nonsense. Lies. From the pit. Are you not worth more than what you look like? How people perceive you. Birds weren't very important to me this morning. They were important to God. How much more you? Peace out. Again, thanks for listening. Catch the next part of this series, usually Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. You can also find Underground Crowds on Twitter, Patreon, Bandcamp, or undergroundcrowds.com.